The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As spiritual seekers, we often receive guidance on which path to follow. This might be necessary for some time, but as we move along, we need to trust our heart and become our own guide. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us, a place where we can listen to everyone's heart. Your companion on the journey is Jill Asselin. Come join us now on this path of inner exploration. Here is your host, Jill Asselin. Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Uh, bonsoir à ceux qui écoutent depuis un pays francophone. This is Jill. I'm happy to be back. It's another day, another week. I don't know what happened in your world, but um, it seems there was a bit of a... Chaos is not quite the world, but um, the world, sorry. But um, as I put it to my coach the other day, you know, a few things that need to be released. That's how I felt. And maybe it's because of what's going to happen next. I mean, there's a lot of things going on this weekend, I believe. Uh, a global eclipse and uh, a full uh, a blood moon, I think. And... Uh, the last in the series, I may talk about that a little bit more uh, further down the show. So it seems to me it's really the right, the right time, the right timing for looking into our lives and see what needs to be taken care of. I, mean, I think there's always something. It's, um, it's always amazing what we capture when we listen. We listen to what our body, our bodies have to tell us. And um, something happened to me in the past 10 days. It's, it's something minor. It's, uh, <clears throat> you can even hear it in my voice. It's, uh, I had a sore throat about eight, nine days ago. Um, I tend to get sore throats um, fairly regularly, not that often, maybe two, three times, four times a year, but um, when they come, um, it's very symptomatic. It's always the same symptoms, which means my throat is inflamed, it's red, and uh, there's uh, lesions, apparently. It hurts. And um, I have a headache, usually. It's very, uh, very... Um, Specific headache, I can tell it's related to my throat uh, ailment. And also, I feel, I feel tired, I feel fatigued. And these are, you know, small symptoms, except they have been going on at least, I would say, for 30 years, if not 35 or more than that. And um, I found an easy way to, to take care of those. It's go to the doctor and, and get some antibiotics. Except that in my case, I think it's a very interesting uh, 
situation, but because every time a doctor takes, takes uh, no, uh, a sample out of my throat, they find out it's, it's viral and I don't have any fever, which means I don't need antibiotics. And um, my doctor back in New Jersey used to know me very well over the years, over the 15 years. Uh, it was a Punjabi, and he was prescribing um, the right medication that would be, you know, put me back on my feet in a sense, so to speak, in about two to three days. And it's, it worked wonder, even though my, you know, my body would tell that, tell the medical. Uh, the medical discipline that I didn't need antibiotics. And this time also I went to see a doctor and again he did a test on a sample from my throat. He found out it was viral and, um, and didn't give me any antibiotics and I tried to argue. Uh, not easy to argue with a doctor. <laughs> they seem to know their stuff, at least uh, they are in their own minds. And so I left with a prescription for a mouthwash and uh, something that made my, my mouth and my throat very numb. And it worked to the extent that um, I felt better. Uh, I think the, the sore throat got cured, but not, not the headache. And the headache is, um, is heavy. It's, it's bearable, but it's... You know, it's like carrying additional weight. And um, you know it's not your normal weight. You want to get rid of that weight because it's, it's something you have to carry. It feels a bit like, uh, like a burden. And, um, and that's fine. And uh, at the same time, I was sharing with some uh, spiritual friends about my conditions, especially the fact it's been going on for so long. And one of them said, you know, if it's been going on for so long, there's um, more of a, like a, a karmic or a spiritual mis- message behind it. And, and I would agree because, um, you know, this is a way for my body to react to something. But there's um, something within, possibly a boundary. That's the topic for the day. That needs to be taken care of. And she suggested, you know, um, maybe there's something you need to forgive. Maybe there's something you need to forgive yourself or, or forgive others. And that got me thinking in the past um, six or seven days. And I came to the realization, it wasn't a big one, again. It's not um, something that downed uh, on me, but... Um, I came to the realization that I was still judging people. And that is not new. This has been going on for a long, long time, possibly 30 or 35 years. I don't know. I couldn't tell you that where it's coming from, possibly from my family. My mother tends to be uh, fairly judgmental. I wouldn't be as much, and yet I don't express much judgment. But judgment, I can tell, you know, takes place within. And when I look at someone, I... No, no, I look at their appearances, um, and I tend to, you know, to form a judgment. I, I'm not neutral about it. And um, I remember talking about that in a show earlier this, this year, in, in February, I believe. I was going to the gym, and I met um, a guy who seemed to be homeless and who came regularly to the gym. And, and for once, 
I was able to suspend my judgment. So it was a very unique experience um, that took place in the gym. There was a, a room next to the men's locker room where you could watch TV. And, and this guy, this homeless guy came in. The room was dark and I, was, I wasn't watching TV. I hadn't plugged the TV, so it was very quiet and I was doing my meditation. And this guy came to, in a sense, bother my, disturb my silence. He turned the TV on, he plugged in his uh, cellular phone in order to charge it, and he was there. Uh, it's someone I've seen before. I know also that he lives in, most likely he lives in his car. And back then, I was, I was, it was a very, um, the word that comes is almost miraculous. It was a very unique experience. You know, when you're used to doing something on a regular basis, and suddenly you're supposed, you're, you're able to, to suspend, to stop, midway in a sense, mid-air, to stop doing what we are doing for so long. It gives you such a, a special feeling. And it felt very good. And I could tell I was feeling neutral about this person, which didn't look very, you know, very healthy or very well off. A bit, um, a bit like a, a recluse. And that went on. I think I, maybe I registered the experience somewhere down in my cells at some level. But obviously I was still, I was still judging people. It's obvious, you know, if I look back in the past week or two, um, we have a neighbor here where we live uh, in our new location, which is not very friendly. Try to make eye contact or say a few words, but there's no response. And naturally, you know, the very human tendency is to not to be happy about that. You know, we want to communicate. We want to exchange words and, and even if it's only a few about the weather or just about anything going on and when there's no response there's obviously you know some sort of a frustration that's how we describe it and so this person didn't really acknowledge um, what I said on my eye contact and that's it's just a f simple thing but I could tell that down the road I was you know, something in me wasn't sending very positive energy to the person. And it's almost like um, a trap in a sense. Obviously, this person is serving um, a function, a purpose in my life. Maybe she's there to make me realize something. And I think she did. But actually, it's not even the person I was thinking of when I came to realize that I was still in, in judgment mode. And maybe, you know, the metaphor that comes to mind, I wasn't anymore any longer in third gear or fourth gear judging people. Maybe I was down to second. Maybe I was down to first gear. But still, there was sort of a groove, you know, a groove that I go into when I judge people. And it's something I'm so familiar with that it's so easy to judge people and let it roll, let it go. And then it opens up to some sort of a, a bag or an area of me which is judgmental and therefore critical. 
And again, it's, it's, um, it's a process that blocks my light, my sending of the light. I've been consciously trying to send love and light to people around me, people in my environment. And um, if I judge, obviously, I can't do both in a sense. It's only a one-lane street. Either I take it one way or I take it the other way, but I can't go both directions at the same time. This become very clear to me when I wrote down my notes to prepare for the, the show. And so here I am. It's been, um, it's been eight or nine days, and um, I still have a headache. I still have a bit of a, a bout of congestion. When I wake up in the morning, I can tell something is coming out of my nose. Some mucus, some, uh, something, you know. Again, if I want to look at this, as something that wants to come out of my, my body, my etheric body, something that has been burdening me for years. Something which is really looking for a way out. And this something looking for a way out is expressing itself, you know, in my throat or in my forehead. And it's been doing this for ever. And yet I wasn't really aware or aware enough to do something about it, to be willing to do something. I was I was choosing instead to to use a clutch and go to the doctor and get my antibiotics and move on with my life. I was fixing something on the, on the physiological level, but nothing on the spiritual, nothing on the etheric level. And so I mentioned this, uh, this need to release, this need to change something at a deeper level with my coach. I work with my coach, my energy coach. Uh, his name is Scott Smith. And uh, again, he came onto the show about five months ago. I think it was April 23rd or 27th, if you want to listen to that session. And, uh, and we did some work. And um, for a good amount of time, for at least 20, 30 minutes. And something must have happened because, because I could see things moving within my, within my whatever, my... My bodies, my, I could see things when I closed my eyes and he was doing his, um, I would say his ritual in a sense, his cleansing rituals we've been doing for many, many months already, but this one was more specifically based on a request that I made. And he said eventually my body would, would, um, would evacuate, for lack of a better word, would get rid of some dross. Uh, for my bowel, which is interesting because it did happen this morning to some extent. So, you know, this makes me think that there's really something within, or at least within me, within us, um, that is trying to communicate for different symptoms. It could be a very light, you know, ailment like my sore throat. And yet, it's... um, to be honest, it's very bothering when it happens. It's like an impediment. I cannot really function 100% anymore. And, and uh, 
you know, why, why was I able to listen this time? It's kind of hard to say. In part, it's due to the, the doctor that I saw, the new doctor that I saw, who refused to give me antibiotics. And in the room, when I was waiting for him, I was praying for antibiotics because I knew it would solve my, my problem in a sense. I was praying for a quick fix. And, you know, we do this so often, praying for something that works, that puts us back into our regular, our normal gear, but in the end, something that doesn't fix quite, quite a bit, that doesn't go deep enough. It's like a band-aid. It doesn't mean uh, I needed to go for surgery. This is not what I'm saying. I needed to listen. I needed to pay attention. I needed to go within. And my first reaction, as usual, was to go see the doctor. And so we'll see what happens. Um, again, I'm still having a headache. I'm still here. I can function. Um, I would assume that something is going on, you know, within my body after the cleansing. Um, actually, I'm feeling hungry right now, which is um, interesting. Interesting because I had breakfast this morning, and it's maybe. We're about two to three hours after breakfast. And so, again, I think I am stressing here the, the ability we have to listen and to pay attention to what comes from within and not so much live in a, in a quick fix, in a material world where we want to... Um, to do things as quick as possible. And um, that's what I wanted to share in this, um, in this first segment before I talk a bit longer about um, boundaries and what boundaries mean to us. And I can see a connection here between what happened to me in the past um, week or so and, and and this idea or this need or this desire to look for inner boundaries. Um, the word boundaries, as I touched upon last week, you know, I tend to equate the word with, with limitations. So I see boundaries as something maybe that limits us. And when we remove the boundary, and, and the question is why do we want to remove it in the first place? I think we can go we can go much deeper in in many sense uh, many senses of the word. So this is what I will be um, addressing um, in a few minutes. Thank you very much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Thank you very much for listening and, and being there today. I truly appreciate so, as you know, the topic for this week was or is boundaries, and I think I touched upon boundaries last week in the context of um, of the school where our son goes, and especially it's a French school, so I can see some, I would say, some French boundaries in action, and it's because I'm pretty aware of this. Um, French and French cultural patterns. I asked someone who was born in North America the other day, who speaks fluent French, uh, does the school sound, you know, does it seem to be very French to you? And she said, yes. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, get someone else's impression, which is good. I mean, um, all the teachers, uh, the French teachers came from France. And there's obviously some um, Anglophone teachers as well. I would say mostly Americans, but uh, North Americans, I would think. But it's a it's a nice um, hybrid environment. And um, I don't know to what extent um, they are aware of those cultural patterns in actions. I think I will, uh, based on my experience and, and training experience, I will be. I should be able to to bring in some um, some light, and I will be happy to do that. Uh, I believe there's a, an interest, and it's um, when I when I think about boundaries and when I think about cultural awareness, it's very it's very easy to put the two together. You know, cultural awareness is becoming aware of our own beliefs, my tendency to judge, for instance. 
our own beliefs, our own uh, rituals, our own values, you know, the kind of things we take for granted because we grew up with them and, and we don't need to think about them. They are just so ingrained into us. And, and I think the more we become aware, uh, the more we, in a sense, know ourselves and, and the more we can change if there's something we don't like. And to me, that's about the same thing when we go within, you know, we reflect, we search, we ask questions, and we see what comes. Um, different kinds of questions. It could be a question to make progress in our lives on a material uh, plane. It could be on a more spiritual or psychological, you know, getting to know ourselves. Why is it that I keep bumping into those people that give me troubles? You know, if you keep bumping into the same kind of people at work, possibly, you know, uh, there, there may be a mirror to you. There may be. I'm not saying they are, but um, sometimes they carry a message. Just like the, the woman across uh, from where we live carry, was carrying a message to me. And, and I think it's, it's important to to have interactions there uh, or to have good friends or good um, support network to, to lead us along the way. And I think it's even more important to be willing to, to look and listen. Because again, you know, our families, our culture, our institutions shape us, shape us very deeply, you know, they, they, they built, in a sense, our OS, our operating system. And if we don't, you know, reflect on those, um, it's very difficult to escape um, this autopilot mode of functioning. Um, and again, the first question when I think about boundaries or cultural awareness is why do we want, why would we want to do this? What are the benefits? Um, I would almost say what is the growth, the growth ring that could um, manifest? And when I, when I go within or when I search within, I guess it's, it's also a question of you know, trying to expand trying to move to the next whatever. I, I keep talking about the cave in my, own, um, in my own experience, trying to remove yet another veil, trying to see what I'm doing to myself and trying to see what I'm doing to others. And the, the judgment uh, pattern that I was holding, uh, again, has been there for a long, long time. And this is how I was shaped by, primarily, I think, by my family, but also by my, my culture of birth. I mean, France and French people tend to be fairly, I would say, fairly critical. And um, so I was basking in the, in the so-called wide environment. And um, I wasn't really aware of that until, you know, you move to a different area and then something happens and in reaction to that, someone keeps knocking at your door. 
And I think it's, um, it's very beneficial. So in the first place, it's obvious to me that before we can access those boundaries, we need to be aware of them. And it's not, it's not easy. I think there needs to be, um, as I said earlier, a desire, a willingness to explore, a willingness to travel within, a willingness to ask our guides, be they the woman across the street or our partner, our spouse, our children, you know, to send us a message. And there must be a willingness at the same time to, to be receptive, to be able to, to listen and see. And um, there must be as well a certain level of, of readiness. We can't really skip, you know, from one level to the other. If we're going down in our inner cave, in our inner spelunking experience, we can't jump from one cave into two caves down, down the path. Um, I'm not saying that our path is very linear. It's like a step-by-step. Step. But um, if we have veils that covers uh, our vision, our sight, I believe they need to be removed one at a time before eventually we can see the light in a sense. And the light can, can mean very different things to very different people. I don't know to what extent I'm still judging people, but I can't tell that because of the session I had with my coach on Tuesday, I'm seeing things very differently. I can't, I can't sense a new level of consciousness. And maybe because it's, I'm trying to rationalize here, but maybe because it's something that is more progressive than anything else. And um, that's the way it is. And so, I was writing some questions about uh, those boundaries, those inner boundaries. And how do we access them where we're not even aware of them? And questions that came to mind are questions like, what makes us doubt? What makes us tremble? What makes us look in a different direction? And I could add at this level, you know, what makes us fearful? I don't know if there's a boundary down this lane, but I think there is, certainly there is something to explore, whatever it is. It's interesting because lately, I would say in the past two weeks, I've been... Um, I've been feeling some sort of a, of a lack. And it's, it's also something that feels very, um, it's hard to describe. When I tend to think about that lack, and again, I don't know I'm exploring live in a sense. I don't even know if it's a boundary or what. It's something that makes me think about my mother and the time she lived during the war, during the Second World War especially after her father left, he went to war. 
and he was um, a prisoner of war in Germany. And she was alone at home with her mother. And I don't really know if she experienced a lack, possibly a lack of, of fatherly love. But um, I can imagine her, you know, especially like, I don't know what time, maybe 8, 9 p.m. And there was a curfew, I would assume. She was living uh, close to Paris, so it was the occupied zone. And, you know, what, what came out of that time? I'm sure there wasn't much food on the table. My grandmother was not working. Uh, they, my grandparents used to have even sort of a farm with chickens and rabbits and a huge uh, veggie and fruits garden. When I was very young, I mean, I could take a walk in that garden. There was at least, I would say, a good 40 fruit trees, walnuts, cherry trees, plum trees, pear trees, apple trees, which was quite amazing because it's extremely close to Paris, maybe five miles from Paris. And still in the early 60s, you could find that environment which felt so refreshing and so nourishing on, on both counts. And um, it makes me want to go back to this, you know, where does this feeling of lack came for my mother? She talked about that time during the war, which was difficult, but I'm not sure. And again, I'm making an, uh, an hypothesis here an assumption that some of the lack that she's been feeling in her life is coming from that time. And um, I think it's useful to go back in time, at least in our present life. But there may be things that go back even further than that. And um, then the question becomes, you know, how do we access those? If they are coming, if it's like a so a quote legacy, legacy from a, a previous life, in a sense, a, a big chunk of karma. And this big chunk of karma, the metaphor that comes to mind, you know, is is coming, is floating, is floating in the ocean, and at some point it's coming to the shore. And maybe it carries a message, the way a message gets carried in a bottle. You throw the bottle into the, into the water, into the ocean, and it travels. It traverses the ocean. And it's, you know, it's fairly possible that we have information like this about our boundaries that have been um, affected by events way, way back. This is what I would like to, to set today, to, to offer. None of these came really to mind, I guess. Um, I've been talking with my spiritual guides at time. I've been also meditating about, you know, those things. Asking the universe to help me make progress in my life. And it has been a, a fairly, you know, a fairly busy and a slash a bit chaotic time in our lives as a family for the past two months. And I couldn't find myself the, I don't know if it's a question of energy or a question of desire, but to sit down for a long time, at least I would say two hours, 
and meditate about the things that matter in my life. And yet, messages are coming. You know, messages like the one I received last week about my, from my soft heart. So something must be at work. Again, the pace, the pace varies. Um, I don't think um, we need to go fast. What comes to us, you know, the battle in the ocean comes ashore when it is time. When it is pushed ashore by the waves. When the conditions are ripe. And I think the awareness that we get about our boundaries, providing, again, this is something we want to change, is just about the same. Things happen in, in due time. And I'm not talking about chronological time, you know. I'm talking more about synchronicities there, you know, things that need to happen in our lives for us to move forward on our path. Things do happen, and, and I'm grateful they do, and have had periods, you know, in my life when I was meditating or even chanting a long time ago when I was a Buddhist, quite a few hours a day, sometimes six, seven, eight hours a day. Does that mean I made more progress at the time? I don't know. I don't know. We, we went through some uh, you know, interesting slash difficult times in our lives as a family. I can think about the year 2002-2003 was very challenging for various uh, health reasons. And I chanted. There were days, you know, I was doing what is called a Daimoku battle, a Daimoku campaign, you know, uh, six, seven, eight, ten hours a day. To change something in uh, in our lives, and at the time, the, the very specific thing that I was chanting for didn't bear any fruit, or at least the fruit that it bore, the outcome was very different from uh, what I was expecting, and the outcome came much later, um, around the years 2011, 2012. And so that's what I'm saying, that time is a very elusive concept. The way we conceive of time in our material world, I don't think it's the way the universe works. And I, I can't really tell how the universe works, but there's a combination of factors that I believe make things happen when the time is ripe. And, um, and I have to admit that I'm not, I'm not quite there in terms of understanding um, how this process works. I know I'm not supposed to hurry things. There's a saying in French that we can't go faster than the music. Uh, in a sense, if you're part of an orchestra, that's very much the same, um, the same pattern, the same tempo. You can't be off-key. You have to follow the lead of the director, and you have to follow your, your colleagues' um, patterns as well. And when you think about the environment in which we live in, 
it's pretty much the same. You know, there's something that can be hastened and there's something that cannot. And there are something that are hard in a sense, hard deadlines, and some that are soft. And sometimes we can act upon some of them and sometimes we can't. And I think, and I've been talking about that also, that the, the act of surrendering sometimes is the best thing we can do. And um, that's where I would like to leave you for now in this uh, reflection about boundaries and, and, uh, and time and how things happen in, in due time. Thank you. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very, very much for your presence. I was talking and um, exploring um, the notion of time and the notion of boundaries. And um, the way things happen. And about two days ago, I got a nice poem in, uh, into my mailbox. It's a, a list that I subscribe to. And the poem I received was very much about time. It was about autumn. The season autumn in the northern hemisphere, we moved into a different season. Not so long ago, I think yesterday or the day before. 
And it's, does that mean anything is different? You know, I'm trying to reflect about this concept of time. I'm not so sure the leaves outside are turning a different color. I, we have a little tree in front of the house, in the back of the house here. And some of the t leaves are turning you know, orangish and, and, and even red. And we picked up some the other day with our son. And we took them into the garage to let them dry. So you can tell that something is happening in nature. But is it happening, you know, exactly on September 23rd or 22nd? It isn't. And I think it's more like what I was saying, you know, it's, there's a gradual uh, process going on within our lives. And just like the seasons all around the world, there are things that are ripening. There is sap, you know, moving in, into our lives. Maybe we are, you know, we are growing new shoots within ourselves. That's only a metaphor, but it's not, you know, when we are into um, 30s or 40s or 50s, we are not growing new, grow, sorry, we are not growing new physical shoots. But possibly, you know, by, by taking care of a boundary, taking care of something that needs to be cleansed and released or released, we create space within ourselves. And that space becomes, becomes available. You know, the concept that, um, that comes to mind is the concept of spaciousness. I remember the, the advice from Master Joal, about two or three years ago in one of his teachings I don't remember the exact words but he was you know advising us to to chant or to meditate to reach a state of spaciousness a state where we can embrace more in a sense we can embrace more of ourselves and who we are the different facets, not only psychological, but spiritual. And not only present, but also future. How can we embrace our future self? Is it even in the making? I couldn't tell. How can we embrace ourselves and at the same time embrace others? When I remove judgment out of my life, I can tell that I'm creating space space for embracing possibly more people, but the number doesn't really matter, the number of people I can embrace. I'm creating space to, again, send out light more easily. And that's what I really want to do. To um, affect my environment and I think it's, um, it's something essential. So I wanted to read this poem that I received about two days ago. It's a, it's a very lovely one. It's from uh, this Austrian poet that I like very much, Rainer Meyer Rilke. And it is called Autumn. Oh Lord, 
It is time. The summer was so vast. Put your shadows on the sundials. And in the fields, let the wind loose. Order the last fruits to become ripe. Give them two more sunny days. Push them to fulfillment. And force the last sweetness into the heavy wine. He who has no house now will not build one. He who is alone will be so for a long time to come. Will stay awake, read, write long letters, and restlessly walk in the park among the blown leaves. Arena Maria Welker. So maybe when the fall comes, that's when we start in the northern hemisphere again. That's when we take the time to think about the last fruits that need to ripen, the last fruits in our lives that need to nourish us in a sense, that need to turn into, into food. Into food, uh, of course, it could be physical food, but also they could turn those, those inner fruits, those possibly inner boundaries, they could manifest themselves one way or another. They could tell us something, and given our ability and desire to listen, it could turn into a, a, beautiful, uh, a beautiful harvest. The fall is usually a time for, for harvest. What this makes me think about is, uh, in North America, this period of this time of Thanksgiving, thanking the universe, thanking the Lord, thanking whomever you want to think, to thank um, for what has come our way during the past year, during the past 12 months. And it's also a very time to, to sit and look back at the time of Thanksgiving, to look back and see how much progress we made. Again, in... in Many ways, not only physical or career-wise or job-wise or family-wise, but um, possibly we moved into a new phase of our lives. That's what comes to mind. Possibly we are preparing for something, um, something to happen. That's what I can sense... I was briefly mentioning when, um, when I started this, um, this super blood moon, the full, uh, the full uh, moon, the lunar eclipse, I think, happening on the 28th in four days. And I was reading something on Facebook this, um, this morning. Um, I've heard quite a bit about September 28th. And that, you know, a few things are supposed to 
to happen that we're going to be moving into a new I don't know if the word new phase of our life is correct but possibly a new a new stage in our lives a phase and stage are fairly similar and um, I wanted to read something that I came upon a very short time before the show started it's uh, it's something called it's a uh, it's a group I believe it's called uh, Global Light Serving Eclipse Divine Council and feel free to look at that on um, on Facebook it's something you can join and there's a meditation this coming Sunday so Sunday is the 27th and it's worldwide on planet Earth or whatever planet you want yourself to be. I'm just going to read the introduction. Um, I'll give you some, uh, some background about what's, what's about to happen. Greetings, dear sisters and brothers of the light. We gather to celebrate and anchor the incoming light codes and energies for the super blood full moon lunar eclipse portal that is being made possible. As we embark upon the journey of a lifetime, we begin to enter into the new spectrums of light that are pouring in from the galactic center of our known universe. The entire solar logoi are providing a powerful and vital level of love and support as we fully enter into the golden age of light. This weekend will mark a very pivotal point in the evolution of the Earth and the collective. This brings a completion of many energies that have been forming since the summer solstice, which reached, which reached a specific level of acceleration during the August 888 Lionsgate portal. And as we gain further momentum, we now reach the ultimate peak of this wave, which will create a more tangible bridge between the dimensional realities. Light body activations will be a major theme of this event, along with some very specific activations in which we may anchor and embody more of, it, more of our true divine nature. And it's, um, it's interesting, again, I'm, I can sense a few things, but I'm not very much into astrology or these phenomena of what happens. But obviously, you know, my own body, my physical and spiritual and whatever bodies is going for those changes. And there are some that I can sense more than, uh, than others. But what was... Um, in my mind, in the past two days, as I was recording, I was recording a show with a, a friend of mine, a sister of mine in Japan. And a show, I'm talking about our show here. And the show, the two shows, will be aired um, in October, on the 8th and the 22nd. And what came to mind after the two discussions we had together with this person called Lyndon is that there was something about searching for our true nature. And um, we're still, you know, thinking and, and looking for a title for the shows. I like to, to bring something that clicks and that, you know, 
catch people's attention. And really, yesterday after finishing the second show, I think we were really searching for something ourselves, but I think we talked a lot about Japanese society. It was very enlightening. I know a tiny bit about Japanese society and the way people behave, often behind their masks. And in a sense, they are not being their true selves. They may not even be in touch with their true selves. Who knows? I haven't been conditioned by or within uh, an Asian society. But for sure, you know, the way you get conditioned in so-called the West, as opposed to Japan or China, I think is very different. But really, uh, as we were discussing this yesterday, and, and especially yesterday, uh, my friend Lyndon was talking about our experience with the indigenous people of Australia. We seem to be so integrated and so close to their true nature that I'm, you know, I'm amazed that I find in this paragraph that I just read, you know, this notion of our true divine nature, light body activations will be a major theme of this event, along with some very specific activations in which we may anchor and embody more of our true divine nature. So this is really what I wish for you, for all of us, to search for our true nature. And after this weekend, to be closer than ever before. Uh, this is what I wish. This is what I desire for all of us. And I will see you, in a sense, beyond this veil that may fall over the weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Gia Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again.